Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Hi, Jay. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I, I love listening to your show uh, on the podcast. Thank you. I had a question for you as it relates to Visa, ticker symbol V. And provides unbiased answers. It's difficult to know when that darn thing is going to be weak enough to be attractive. Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. Ticker ROK. It seems like it's a little overpriced, as there are so many things right now. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. And of course, on this podcast, we talk about it every day independent thinking and shared success, all about investing, all about trying to make our money grow. That's our mission statement to help you grow your money. So, we, and we do that by offering information. You know, the data that we have on our websites, uh, data we pull from various pieces of software, and our just knowledge of the market. And we like to share it with you. We want to educate you. That's one of our main purposes of doing the show is the education. So, of course, we don't, we're not shying away from the fact that we also use the show as a marketing device. But if you want to learn how to do it, you can. I get, it's, not, it's not that hard. You just have to keep at it. You have to work at it, and you have to learn it. And I think it's quite fun to learn, personally speaking, and I don't mind sharing. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, I encourage you to give me a call. I encourage you to talk about your finances, your investment goals, your situations. All investment questions are welcome. All financial, any type of financial question is welcome. You can call and act or interact with me right now. We are live, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And if you can't call during that hour, you can always call and leave a question and we'll answer it. We'll do our best to answer on this question. Next program. I will tell you that we are getting more calls than, than, than we can fit in an hour. So we are trying our best to catch up and go as fast as we can. Our number, 888-99-CHART. You can call right now. I'll be happy to talk to you. So let's go right to the questions. Here's one that came in earlier. Hey, Stephen, Justin. Todd from Colorado here. Uh, I just had a question about uh, Motive Care, Inc. for a long hold position. Michael Oscar Delta Victor. Looks like it was at a six-month high around 182 and now around 150. Uh, I don't have anything in this space, and I'm curious if this is a good position to own at this price or if there's a better target price. Thanks for all that you guys do, and I uh, love the show. Have a good one. Okay, Motive Care Inc., thank you for calling. Holding company for providers of non-emergency transportation services, government-sponsored social services. It is a $2 billion company. Uh, it makes money, has made money for years and years and years and years, and it's been making a lot of money in the recent three years. It made $6.65 in 2020, up from almost $2 before the year before. That's a huge gain. And then up 609 and then for 2021 and estimated $6.46 this year. Sounds like, It feels like, because of jumping earnings like that, 
feels like something happened dramatic, like maybe an acquisition. I really can't tell. i got to go back in the news. It's a $144 stock, going to make $6.46 a share. So what was that, 20 or so? No, 20, it's 100, so about 22, 23, somewhere in there. And that's in the middle of its range, 12 to 45. Very good return on equity, 27%. Doesn't pay a dividend. And it's a $2 billion, $2 billion size stock. Uh, uh, sales grew 4% in the most recent quarter, but the two quarters before that, they shrank 18 and 22%. Not sure what that's all about. I would not say, and it has a pretty decent amount of debt, 118%. I would not say this is a very strong buy and hold kind of candidate. I would not say that. And I'd say it's not cheap enough to buy here, even though it's come down. I still don't think it's cheap enough to buy as a you know a, a decent uh, value stock. So I, I don't know if I would recommend. Okay, so how did the market do today? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you that. What my, what my what is my trivia question today? You know, I do want to at the half hour mark. Um, today d- deals with statistics about stock markets. Yes, markets plural, more than one. Do you know how many there are in the world? By the way. So that's going to be in my trivia question. The market was up $189 for the Dow, $54 for the NASDAQ, $11 for the S&P. But before the Fed came out with its announcement, after they had their meetings, uh, the market wasn't this strong. So why did it get strong? Well, because the Fed said, well, we're not going to do anything different, and we're going to keep this this way until we're pretty sure, very sure that the economy is recovered. So all the thing, it didn't really change its verbiage from last time. And I do think there was a little concern that it might change their worries just a little bit, but they didn't. Okay? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We're here moving through the third quarter, tra- third trading week of the March with the second quarter. With all the changes were, that are happening, it is important to remember that our goal of financial freedom always is the same. We will provide effective strategies if you want them. So we should talk about that. Your number is, our number is always the same. Your participation is important. 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Jim in Seattle. Let's talk about his portfolio. Jim. Hey, Steve. Um, yeah, I just uh, kind of slowly building a portfolio, and I have a couple um, real good gold stocks. And uh, what I'm curious about is, uh, um, are these, do you see a, a gold stock as a core, a, a core holding, something that I'm, I'm going to probably want to hold on to long term? Well, I, I personally, my, my personal belief is no, I'm not holding on to any gold positions for long term. But, of course, it will depend on your definition of long term. My, mine is like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so for me, it's no. But if it, But gold is a pretty defensive kind of play. So 
You know, I'm buying it because I think inflation's coming, and I think that gold's going to rise, and I think the dollar's going to go down. That will push gold. That's why I'm buying it. But at a certain point, I'm going to say, okay, that that's over with. So uh, I'm holding it for just that length of time. That might be a couple of years. But as far as forever, go ahead. At what point do you think, um, what, what are the signals that, that signal, okay, it's probably time to get out of gold? Well, it's hard for me to tell you that, but I will say this. When I think inflation has run its course, I will get out. I won't wait for gold to, you know, say be at a certain price. I don't know what it's going to be. But I'll look at the other factors. Um you know, uh, maybe when our economy starts to roll over and go into recession, when I see that coming, I might get out of gold. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't tell you. I just can't tell you. But those are the kinds of things I'll be looking at. Just appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Jim. I really appreciate it. My focus point today concerns a question, is the stock market afraid of the Fed? We'll talk about that. Let's go to Gina in Chicago. Talk about her 401k. Hi, Gina. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, so Tina from Chicago. Um, I was just sort of listening to your podcast. Can't say enough good things about it. And I actually had a question about my 401k and my stock portfolio. So listening to your podcast, it seems like there's a high likelihood inflation is coming and it's going to be happening. So do you have any tips on what I should be setting my 401k and my stock portfolio? I know in one of your previous episodes, you recommended that if you're younger and in your late 30s, you should set your 401k split evenly between mid, small, large cap growth and some international. Do you still feel that way with the changing market? And then even for my stock portfolio, should I be um, trying to sell any of my growth stocks or kind of ride it out? Or should I be using any dips that may be coming up to buy more growth stocks? Okay, very good questions. Um, I think growth has, I think growth is finally going to hand off the baton to value stocks. So I would probably, I wouldn't necessarily get out of all my growth, but I would mix in some value stocks. In other words, small, mid, large value. And I'd probably be more interested in the mid and large value. I think they'll do better. And I don't know in your 401k if you have any other choices. I like materials, commodities. There's been some articles out there that we might be heading into a commodity super cycle, which means commodity prices will be going up for the next 10 years or more. So, you know, trying to take advantage of that might be a good idea. In your individual stocks, okay, it depends on what you have, but if they're good, solid companies, I don't care if they're growth or value, and they're making money, they're still growing, you hold on to them, especially if you're young. You might go through a, a cycle, but Gina, I've learned over the years it's never a good idea just to get out just because. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not a good idea. It's better just to stay in the market. So that's what I would suggest. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Gina. So let's uh, let's keep pace. Let's keep going. Uh, here comes an IPO question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, my name is Zach. I'm a relatively new listener. I've been working in freelance investments for a few years now. I was interested in what your thoughts are on the Bumble IPO 
and where you think that company is going to go in the next year or two as far as if that's going to be a stock that's worth holding on too long or if there are any other dating app websites that are public that might be worth taking a look at. And just that whole scene, like investing in dating apps, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think their value is, if their value will hold, if they're worth looking at at all, specifically the Bumble. Thanks, and I'm loving the show. Bye. Okay, Bumble, B-M-B-L is a symbol. It's very new. I mean, we're talking about a stock that came out in uh, February, IPO, Initial Public Offering. So it's brand new. You know what I think about IPOs? You should wait six months or more before you even consider buying them. Why? Because the, uh, the, the, the company owners, the ones who started the company, the ones who are the founders, they get to sell their stock six months after the IPO. So there's a lot of downward pressure in prices on IPOs after six months. And that's not true for all companies, but most of them will trade below their IPO price after six months. This company is going to make a penny a share this year and then 38 cents a share next year. They're growing 20, 30% in sales every quarter in the recent three or four quarters. It's a $72 stock. That should tell you that it's really, really, really expensive. If they're going to make 38 cents, a 20 PE, which is, uh, let's give it a 30 PE. That means it's a $6, stock. So you're talking about a P that's hundreds. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so it's way, way too expensive to even consider. That was Bumble. BMBL, everybody. 888-99-CHART. Did you see um, retail sales? I don't know if uh, Justin mentioned it yesterday, but retail sales fell 3% for February, while it was up 7.6% for January. And if you took out autos, it still fell 2.7%, and without autos, up 8.3% in January. So what happened? Well, the stimulus checks that we got, they got back in December, November, December from Trump, money was spent in January. Now, February, all of a sudden, money's drying up, and we just, and, and Biden just passed uh, the the new stimulus package. So you're going to see in March a jump in retail sales again. What we need to find out is what is it going to be like after we get all this money and after we finally get over COVID with the vaccine out there. That's what we really need to know. And we won't know that for months, for months. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021, and we know there will be many changes ahead. So naturally, you will have finance and investing questions. That's what we're here for. We are taking our, all your calls live, 888-99 chart. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue chip companies as compared to share prices, or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get? Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? 
Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart. Okay, so why is the stock market afraid of the Fed? Can you answer that question? Why the stock market itself would be afraid of the Federal Reserve? It's a, you probably know, because you're, if you're listening to this show, we've talked about it before. What can the Federal Reserve do to scare the stock market? Well, it goes back to all about interest rates. The Federal Reserve will raise rates to slow down the economy, to kill inflation. What does that do to, the, to corporate profits? What does that do to the economy if it slows down? What does that do to corporation profits? And then, of course... The stock market always looks ahead. Investors look ahead three, six months, a year down the road and say, oh, gosh, the, the Fed's going to raise rates. I'm going to get rid of my stocks because that will slow down the earnings for the companies. And, and, and so it's a self-fulfilling you know, philosophy they have, you know, looking out ahead. That's why the stock market is afraid of the Fed. Now, do you know the Federal Reserve does not control interest rates? Did you know that? People think that they do. They do not. They only control one interest rate, and that's called the overnight rate, the rate, the, the interest rate that about a money that the Federal Reserve loans to banks. And right now, that they haven't changed that rate long, long time. It's almost zero. Okay, so they haven't changed that rate. So then, why does the Federal Reserve raise rates? Why do the other rates go up? The other rates are all driven by you know, market forces, you know, supply and demand kind of thing. Okay, so why does other rates go up? Because if the Fed is raising its overnight rate to the banks, the banks tend to pass that rise on to consumers. They don't have to. For instance, interest rates are rising. Your mortgage rate has gone up. and The mortgage rate has gone up in the last few weeks. Why? The Fed hasn't changed anything. It hasn't said they're going to change anything. Why? There's fear out there. What would the fear be? I think the fear might be related to inflation. They're fearful of inflation. Now, being fearful of inflation doesn't mean it's actually going to happen, but it certainly makes everybody nervous. Let's go to Justin in Stockton, California. I want to talk about gold. Justin. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. And I just... I've been thinking about gold for a little while because it doesn't seem to me that the fundamental backdrop and the technicals are matching up. And I know everybody wants to talk about interest rates, um, but in the long term, I mean, interest rates have been falling for like 30 years and gold has at times dipped and has at times come up. And I know that gold in the long term is a slow mover. Um, and I don't, I don't know uh, if, you know, I've been thinking about the technical pattern, a big, like, long-term cup and handle. If you if you look at it on right. a weekly chart to pull back really far, it kind of looks like it. And I just, I also suspect that Bitcoin, a lot of people, especially, you know, retail investors who, I mean, maybe gold is a little bit harder to access. Actually, it's a lot harder to access. Um, that a lot of people maybe are buying into Bitcoin and that maybe that's part of the reason why gold is staying down. But I don't know. The way I see awesome. it is... Something this week, or this week, this year, I think is going to be a catalyst that will just launch gold out of what I think is a cup and handle. And I just wanted to know what you thought about that 
um, thinking from a long-term perspective. Okay. Thanks for the question. It's very good. First of all, let's talk about the interest rate you mentioned. It's been going down 30 years. The cycle of interest rate is about 30 years. 30 years down, 30 years up. 30 years down, 30 years up. At least that's what some of the studies have been showing. So we're now at the bottom of that we believe, and we have been at the bottom for several years. So I think we're in 35, 37 years is it going down. Let's see, what is it, 2020, yeah. I think 19, was it 1980, 85 when it peaked? You know, when we had huge inflation and the interest rates peaked? Was it in the early 80s? I think so. So that's when it peaked before. So now we're probably close, might even be close to 25, 30 years. I mean, 35, 40 years. I mean, you know, it's possible. I, I, you know, so, um, so we're at the end of a downward spiral cycle, and we're probably starting an upward cycle. And it could last that long, too. As far as uh, gold, I do think there's going to be some kind of catalyst as well. I'm agreeing with you on here. I'm not sure what it will be. But most people think it's going to be inflation. doesn't have to be inflation, but most people think it could be inflation. It could be just a weak dollar, you know, that drives it, drives inflation, and then that drives gold. The weaker the dollar goes, the more gold prices go up. So it's hard to know. Or it could be a war. It could be something really scary out there between some countries. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's always some kind of, I think there's going to be something that happens, and I have a feeling the odds are that it'll be gold. It'll be inflation. Justin, appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. I think it's safe to assume that everyone listening to Invest Talk knows what a stock market is. But do you know some of the statistical back data associated with the markets? So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. What is the total market capitalization of equity-backed securities worldwide, and how many stock exchanges are there in the world? I'll have the answer right after break. 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. 8899 Church. So I have a trivia question. As I mentioned before the break, uh, what is the total market capitalization of equity backed securities worldwide? Total equity market worldwide. And how many stock exchanges are there out there? Okay, first, a stock exchange is an ex- is a place, an exchange, where stockbrokers and traders can buy and sell shares, equity stocks, bonds, and other securities. Many large companies have their stock listed on a stock exchange. This makes the stock more liquid and thus more attractive to many investors. The total market capitalization of equity-backed securities worldwide rose $2.5 trillion in 1980 to $68. $0.65 trillion at the end of 2018. As of December, December 31st, 2019, one year later, the, the total market capitalization of stocks worldwide, about $70.7 trillion. As of 2016, there were 60 stock exchanges worldwide, 6-0. Of these, there are 16 exchange, exchanges with a market capitalization of $1 trillion or more. So the rest of the 60 are pretty small, okay? So one trillion or more. And they account for 87% of the global market capitalization, the 16th. Now, other than Australia Securities Exchange, other than Australia Securities Exchange, the 16 changes are all in North America, Europe, or Asia. By country, the largest stock market as of January 2020 of course, it would be the United States, uh, and it's 54.5%. They have 54.5% of the world stock market exchanges of stocks capitalization. The next biggest one, Japan. 
7.7%. The next one after that, United Kingdom at 5.1%. Those are interesting facts, huh? I think they are. Let's go to O'Shea in St. Louis. O'Shea. Yes, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. All right. Yeah, I was calling to ask about iClean. Uh, iShares Global Clean Energy ETF. Kind okay. of a two-part question. So I got in a while back at around 17, and uh, I'm, I plan to hold it long term. I definitely like the cause of clean energy. But one of their top um, weighted holdings is Plug Power, which just had that uh, blip in the news about um, an error in their in their numbers for the last two years. So it yeah. sent their stock down. And so I was just curious, you know, I, I do want to hold what I have, but I'm looking to get more. And so I see that it's kind of holding the support around 23. Um, but with the new news about Plug and how much it's weighted, do you think it's a good to just hold off to see if it drops more before I try to add more to my um, to my current position? I think you should, because it's fallen, you know, for, we're just going by the chart, okay? I can't tell you the fundamentals because they own a bunch of companies and, you know, you just can't tell. Uh, I, I do like the space. And for everybody else, ICLN, iShares S&P uh, Clean Energy uh, ETF, uh, and it's seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Global Clean Energy Index. So it's got a bunch of companies in it. And you know, you, you know, uh, O'Shea, that there's going to be companies that are, that are going to go under in this space because there's just, there's just, it's a, a brand new space expanding fast, and there's going to be a lot of people getting into it. That it's just going to be a lot of uh, happenings, a lot of volatility. Um, it topped around 34, came all the way down to 22, and now it's at 24. I think you want to see if it holds the 20 to 22 area. If it goes back and tests that and bounces again up, that's where I would be a buyer. That second bounce up. Okay? Just, just thank you for the call, O'Shea. That's just reading the chart, looking at the chart, which charts tend to be true. They're not always true. It's not science. It's kind of an art. Let's go to Trent in Long Beach. He wants to talk about dividends. Trent. Hey, Steve. Um, I had a question for you about dividends. If I, have a, if I own Royal Dutch Shell in a, uh, a mutual fund or an ETF, and they claim um, they pay a, a dividend, do I get that, or do you have to own the stock individually? No, the dividend will come into – if, if it, do you own it in your 401K? Or I, is that what you said? No, you own I, the company. I own it, I own, I own it in my Calpers, um, in the, my deferred compensation 457 plan at work. Okay, so it's in the 457, and you own the individual stock in that 457. Um, I, I, I own, a, I own a, a mutual fund. I guess it's, okay. it's a DVIVLX. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a, so what I happens if, it, if you own a mutual fund that owns mm-hmm. this stock, the money goes into the mutual fund. Okay? okay. So it doesn't come okay. to you individually. Only if you own the individual stock will the money come to you directly, individually. So the mutual fund will collect dividends and they'll decide what they want to buy with those dividends. They may buy more Royal Dutch. They may buy some other stock. But the dividends go into the, into the, into the pot of the mutual fund. Okay? Uh, so whoever, whatever stocks you own in a mutual fund that pays dividends, it really doesn't come to you directly. It goes into the pot. Only if you own individual stock. Trent, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. 
We're sitting at brisk pace today, so let's go straight back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. Question from 888 99Chart. Hey guys, this is Robbie from Virginia. Thanks, Steve and Justin, for all you guys do. Really appreciate it. I've learned an invaluable amount of information. Listening to one of y'all's podcasts as of what, two, three days ago, you were talking about statistics from a McKinsey research article. And one of the things I talked about was the uh, a lot of executives or CEOs are looking into automation for their industrial line and, and within their company. So I started doing a little research on my own, and I found uh, one particular company that seemed interesting to me, Rockwell Automation, ticker ROK. It seems like it's a little overpriced, as there are so many things right now, but just wanted y'all's opinion on the company. And if it is a go, at what point would y'all be looking to get in? Thanks. Automation. Rockwell is a big company. It is a $30 billion company, manufactures motors, industrial automation control, and power systems, and information architecture. And that industry is just going to grow, everybody. It's not going to shrink. It's going to continue to grow. They make good money. They always have made good money. They've been a strong stock for a long, long, long time. They're going to make $8.92 a share this year. They're going to make $9.50 a share next year. And it is overpriced, $261.50 stock. Stock price two hundred and sixty one dollars going to make nine fifty. Okay, so that means the PE is around thirty. Their five year range of their PE thirteen to thirty four, so it's right at the top of its PE range. It's a great company, that's no doubt. There's no doubt it's a great company. So what would be a good buy point? Well, I, I if it was me. And I wanted to get into this. It pays a one and a half percent dividend. I probably it has a great return on equity, one hundred twenty-six percent. I would rather see you buy it in the two twenty area, two thirty, because there should be support there. But these are the kind of stocks you really, really want to buy in a recession, because they get crushed in a recession. But recession's pretty far up right now. Yeah, let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Hi, Jay. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I, I love listening to your show uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Um, I had a question for you as it relates to Visa, ticker symbol V. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of your thoughts. I mean, I was surprised when I did my own research that over the last 10 years, it's only had, I think it was between 14 and 18 down months month over month, if that makes sense. Yes. And its average annual return is 30%. Is there a good buy point, and are you long on this? And if so, if it were you, what would a good buy point be, or doesn't even matter when you're looking at something like that? Well, it's Visa. Uh, Visa is a $223 stock. It's going to make $6.91 a share next year. And that means that the PE is like <laughs> in the 40s. Okay, and it's been around a long time. It's so consistent, Jay. That's why it kind of deserves a pretty high DPE because it's consistently, consistently makes more and more and more money. I mean, every year. I mean, it went down from two last year. It went down from five forty to five oh four per share. Then, of course, this year it's going to make five fifty one. Then six ninety one next year. So it's difficult to know when that darn thing is going to be weak enough to be attractive. So you can't do that. I would say try to buy it around two hundred dollars a share, because uh, that's where there's lots of support when it. And because it doesn't go up in a straight line, it does it goes up in waves. But that wave is always seems to be higher than the one before. 
And this is another one that you, you do better buying it in recession. But as I said before, we're not facing one for a while. So wait, I just wait for a pullback and just get into it, put it in the drawer, and don't think about it anymore. This cold is hold it. Thank you, Jay. I'm Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. It is now official. We have crossed over 30 million podcasters. I really appreciate that, guys. 30 million downloads so far. And, uh, you know, we're getting more and more questions. It's getting difficult to answer all the questions because there's so many of them. But we try to do that with our, you know, with our special programs that we, Rapid Fire Hour, we call it. That, so we'll continue to do that. We really will. And, of course, the biggest place we have, biggest country here is the United States that listens to our podcast. But it's all over the world. We appreciate that. Josh and I thank you very much. Um, and, of course, you are welcome to call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We will help you. We want to help you. We really do. For now, our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888-99 chart. We're going to go talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. Jerry. How are you doing today? I am actually doing pretty good. Thank you for the call and thank you for your question. Good to hear. Hey, my wife and I are both educators and contribute monthly, obviously. Um, I am hoping to retire in nine years, and her, it's 11 or 12. My son will be done to private school, so I'm going to have some extra money, and I want to contribute more. Does it make sense to contribute more to mine or hers? Let me ask you this. Are you guys going to get pensions? Yes. Okay, so you both have pensions. Okay, then I would say contribute to the person who's going to work the longest, so that would be hers. Okay. Okay, because the pension's going to pay. You guys got a guaranteed income coming in, so you just need to grow the the excess money as fast as long as possible. And since you know you have that guaranteed income, I I try to put as much away as I can before you know you guys both start taking your pensions. That would be my my suggestion. You know, of course. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, I mean, uh, Jerry, other people might give you a different suggestion, so you might want to talk to your accountant, but that's what I would do. I would try to keep growing the money. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Mark and Hayward. How you doing, Mark? I'm well. How are you? I am well also, and thank you for the call. Yeah, I was curious about uh, Garmin, uh, G-R-M-N, what you thought about that stock. Okay, Garmin, everybody. Garmin Limited manufactures and markets handheld, portable, fixed-mounted GPS systems for automotive and outdoor marine fitness. 
I was worried about Garmin not not being able to survive when cell phones came out, and they started to have the the GPS in the cell phones and the and the mapping systems in their cell phone. Figuring, well, gee, what's Garmin going to do about that? But they were able to survive, and not only survive but thrive. So to me, that indicates good management. They saw problems ahead, competition ahead, and they moved and they did things they needed to do. Garmin is going to make more money next year than it did last year, or the year before, the year before that. They're going to make $5.87 next year per share. It's $126 stock, so you're looking at, uh, what, 25 PE-ish? 25 PE, return equity is very good at 19%. Their five-year range of PE is 13 to 26, so they're at the top of their range. So my belief is you got to wait for a pullback. It's already made a nice run. Sales are growing 23% this most recent quarter, 19% the quarter before. They shrunk in June quarter because of COVID. But they were averaging 15 to 20% growth before that. So uh, it's a good, strong company at this point. Management owns 22%, Mark. You don't think they're focused on making sure their company's successful? When management owns that much of the company, a $24 billion company, you know they're pretty focused. So I, I like the company, but you're going to have to wait for it. For me, I would wait for it to get you know get a much more reasonable price, maybe in the uh, $95 to $100 area. It's at $126 now. Okay? This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We've been saying that for years, and it still is the same. And, of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question-and-answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, hey, I've got hooked on your uh, program. Listen to it while I ride my bike. This is Mike from uh, Carlsbad. I'm old to investing, new to doing it myself. I set aside some money and jumped into the market via TD Ameritrade. And promptly, I bought seven stocks, promptly got stopped out of four at 8% loss. So what I'm looking for is some uh, guidance as to determining a buy entry point using either 50-day moving or Bollinger Bands, again, I know just enough to be dangerous, but uh, looking for some guidance here. Thank you. Okay, Mike, um, just so you know, we might have crossed each other's paths on our bicycles. I ride my bike three to five times a week down the coast from San Juan Capistrano in Carlsbad, the next big city past Camp Belton. So we're not that far apart. Kind of interesting. Anyways, entry points. Entry points are always tricky. They're not always easy. You hear us talk about them on the radio all the time. For entry points, we use charts, charting. And there's a good program, a decent program out there called uh, StockCharts.com. Gives you free charting. You load up a a one-year chart and then put in some moving averages. 
and then look for what we call support lines. In other words, as simply put, a support line is where the stock tends to stop falling and reverses back up. That, now, what they are representing, anytime a stock has gone in the past year where there's been trading at a certain price and then jumps up, many times it will come back to that certain price later on and test it and go back up or break through and go down. If you see it tested and start back up, that's an entry point. You can also use moving averages. A 200-day moving average is a one-year long-term moving average. If a stock goes down to a 200-day moving average and holds and starts up, buy point. You know, so there's different different things to look for. I might suggest you getting a, a book on charting. Our website has lots of books listed there. Get one on charting. And I would use candlestick charts. There's so much into it. You mentioned Bollinger Bands. There's relative strength indicators. There's MACD, moving average, convergence and divergence indicators. There's, oh, R squared, Williams squared. There's so many of them. You have to settle on one that makes you comfortable. And I, I would suggest you try to keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Okay, let's squeeze in one more Invest Talk caller question. He comes out of Long Beach. Hi, Stephen Justin. And love your show. Thanks for all the great info. This is Ara from Long Beach. I'm calling about the company FuelCell, F-C-E-L. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Thank you. Okay, FuelCell Energy, it is a $5 billion company, manufactures stationary fuel cells worldwide for commercial, industrial, government, utility customers. Okay? They don't make money, so I don't like it. Haven't made money for years. Why would I want to buy a stock that doesn't make money? So I would stay away from it. Uh, they have sales, but sales have been going down. I mean, two two years ago, uh, there's their sales in the two-year gold quarter in July was $22 million. This last July, 18. This most recent quarter, 14. That's million. What? Yeah, that's not good enough. No, stay away from it, has negative cash flow, has debt. There's absolutely no reason to buy it, so don't buy it. Okay? F-C-E-L. Okay, did you know that uh, IRS has postponed by 30 days tax date? So it's not going to be April 15th. Taxes are no, but not due April 15th. Taxes are due May 15th. They get an extra whole month. Did you know that? So I thought that was that was good news for everybody. So you don't ha- you're not under pressure. I I usually wait till the last month, April first is when I start doing my taxes. So it doesn't hurt me now. I'll wait till May first. I'm okay with that. Okay, eight eight eight. Well, I guess we're done. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we thank you very much for being with us and encouraging other people to listen. Thank you. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, and it doesn't seem like enough just to say thank you, but I do appreciate it. Now, we post a new program every day right after the show, as you know, so it ends here at 5 o'clock. You'll see this one posted right after. So get free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. Make sure you can you, make sure you rate us. I would like to know what you think would be helpful. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Have a great night, everybody.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.